everybody. This is John Tucker from Carbiz Insider. I have a very special guest here with me today, Lyman Sevi. Hi, Lyman. How are you doing today? Hi, John. Doing great. Happy thank you Wednesday. for being on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. That's a pleasure. So, uh, Lyman, you're joining from 321 Ignition. You're the, the president CEO of the company. So, uh, we'll probably more talk about websites. But before I start asking my questions, uh, why don't I put you on the spotlight? You introduce yourself to our audience, who you are, what's your background, and all that good information. Sure. So um, my name is Lyman Savvy. My background is I've been doing marketing for 19 years. Um, I actually um, also majored first in web design, then I majored in, biz in business degree from University of Washington, UW here in Washington. I live in uh, Bellevue, Washington State. Um, so I've been doing marketing for 19 years. My specialty is customer acquisition. So basically every time, you know, any company hires me, uh, the reason they hired me is because I'm really good at one thing, which is how do I acquire new customers, whether it's generate a lead and pass it to a salesperson to close, or how do we get a customer to buy directly online without even speaking to a salesperson? Um, I worked, you, you know, my background is actually not automotive. Uh, my background is uh, tech companies, you know, living here in Washington State, I'm surrounded by Microsoft, the, you know, I worked at Microsoft, Capital One, ING Direct, House Values, which is the later on got acquired by Zillow. So my background is uh, not traditional automotive. I've never worked at a car dealership before, um, but I stumbled across automotive industry by pure accident, like most people have. Uh, my friend used to work for a car dealership, and so she used to come to me for marketing advice. And by helping her with, you know, constantly with her dealership, just, you know, as friends, uh, you know, for free, I discovered all kinds of opportunities in automotive. So I decided to start 321 Ignition. And 321 Ignition has been around since uh, 2019, uh, January 2019. So it's, it was just our third year anniversary. Uh, we build mobile first websites. We're actually the only mobile first website provider in automotive space today. And really what that means is the websites are designed for mobile. Um, for the best mobile experience. When I look at the dealerships, Google Analytics, majority of their traffic is mobile, but the websites are not designed for mobile. So when dealerships switch to us, they see phenomenal results, like 300% increase in lead volume, 400%. The numbers are just ridiculously crazy. Oh, wow. This is uh, really good information. And what a background. Like you, you didn't come from automotive, but now you're you're the first uh mobile first uh website provider for car dealerships which is really good um so could you explain more uh of the benefits of being mobile first like what's the other websites like you said the responsive is one per one way of doing websites and now yours is mobile first so could you explain a little bit more yeah so mobile first what it means is um when our UX UI designer and I started prototyping, what should the car shopping experience be? <clears throat> we started with the most difficult device. The most difficult device is mobile. And the reason why it's so difficult is because you have the most amount of limitations. You have a smaller screen size. You have usually a slower internet speed. A person is trying to complete an action with one finger on, you know, on a smartphone instead of on a keypad with two hands with 10 fingers. So as you could imagine, when you're building with a mobile user in mind, you're really thinking about in a given moment, in a given time, what would be the most helpful for that consumer to be able to complete whatever action they're trying to do? How can we get rid of all the friction? How do we do, reduce the anxiety and things like that? Once we've perfected the user experience on a mobile, then we're like, okay, well, how do we scale it up to desktop? But desktop is easy. Desktop doesn't have any limitations. You have a large screen size, you know, it's just 
you could do whatever you want. So mobile first basically means you're starting with the mobile and then you're thinking about the desktop. The opposite is true of, is mobile responsive, which is essentially desktop first. So basically, you know, when you're mobile responsive, that means website providers started actually building the car shopping experience for desktop. They build the websites with a lot of, you know, complications, and then they're trying to squeeze it down to a mobile screen. So what happens in that case is the website is accessible on mobile, but it wasn't designed for the car shopping experience on a mobile device. And the best way to think about it, John, is actually most people who've never built a software before, where I get a lot of, you know, friends come to me asking for advice, you know, starting their own software company. Everybody always starts with the idea like, well, I'm, you know, how do I hire developers? I'm like, no, no, you don't start with developers. You start with the UX UI designer. And that's what mobile first means is that you're starting with the UX UI, the user experience, the user interface designer first and improving the, uh, the user experience and then thinking about how to build it and how to develop it. Wow, that's uh, really good information. So me being a car guy, right? I'm not a tech person like you are. I mean, I'm nowhere close to in terms of knowledge, right? I'm just, uh, you're level 99, I'm level probably 0 0.5. <laughs> so, so if I translate that information for, for someone from a car business, so first of all, this is a very important topic that I want to ask you a question about this too. What's the percentage of users are using mobile device to visit car dealerships websites based on Google Analytics. Would you be able to share that with me? Yeah, great question. So for car dealerships, I see over 75%. I was just at two, two different conferences, uh, Buy Here, Pay Here Summit, um, Automotive, uh, Auto Intel Summit, and um, uh, Auto, sorry, there was Buy Here, Pay Here Summit, and then there was Auto, Auto Intel Summit. I was just, just two conferences back to back. And so when I do public speaking, I always ask you know my audience, I'm like, what, what was the last time you guys looked at your Google Analytics? What percent of your website traffic is mobile? And surprisingly, actually, more and more dealerships are now saying not even over 70%, but they're saying like 90% of their traffic is mobile. So, you know, the reason why mobile first is so, so important, and going back to my background, my background is marketing. You know, it's not building software companies, but I've always worked for software companies. But my background is how do I acquire more customers? So it's interesting when I started this company, whenever I talk to dealerships and I ask them, hey, John, what do you think is going to help you increase your sales? Most dealerships always start off with, well, we're just not spending enough money on marketing. We're just not doing enough SEO. We're just not generating enough traffic. We just need more traffic. So most dealers think that the reason why they're, that was preventing them from increasing their sales is they don't have enough traffic to their side. But when I look at the dealership Google Analytics, most dealerships have at least 10,000 visitors per month. Some have like 15,000, 20,000. At the lowest end, I think I've seen like 5,000 visitors for really, really small dealerships. So dealerships are getting enough visitors. The problem is they're not converting those visitors because majority of those visitors are on a mobile device. And so as an example, when I used to work at Microsoft, um, I was uh, my first year I was in charge of Office 365 product, which is basically Word, Excel, PowerPoint. And my job was how do I get more customers to buy Office 365 directly online without speaking to a salesperson? My goal for that year was to acquire 320,000 subscribers at maximum $60 cost per acquisition. I was in charge of paid media. So I had a $35 million marketing budget. I had agencies and everything, you know, doing campaigns for me. That year when I started, I'm like, well, wait a minute. We're spending a lot of money on marketing. But I'm like, but what's the conversion experience? And at Microsoft, as you could imagine, it was such a huge company that everybody has a very specific role. There is no such thing as like one person does everything from soups to nuts. 
But instead of paying attention to the paid media, which is what I was really responsible for, I immediately partnered up with the web design team. And we started testing. That year, we completed over 50 website optimization tests. We constantly keep reiterating, like, how do we test the headline? How do we test the UX UI? How do we test the call to actions? How do we test the colors? And I ended that year, guess what how many subscribers? So the goal was 320 subscribers at maximum $60 cost per acquisition. I ended that year with 520,000 subscribers at $47 cost per acquisition. I didn't change much about the paid media. The paid media was still, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. What I changed was customer experience. And just by changing that, we doubled our number of acquisition and reduced cost to acquire those customers instead of $60, $47. As you could imagine, the business impact that has. And so that's the problem Like when I see when I talk to dealerships a lot of times, they think they have a website traffic problem, which they don't. The problem is, is that traffic is mobile. And by the way, um, I don't know, Jen, if you've heard the news, but Google um, in March last year, 2021, change to mobile first indexing are you familiar with that yes they use the google bot for mobile now and if you're if you're not set up for mobile for example if your font are too close to each other and the mobile devices or buttons too close you get a warning from your uh you know that google uh what's that thing i google forgot search the name, console. yeah search console actually gives you a warning and say that these are too close fix it it's not mobile friendly I'm going to, you know, penalize you if you don't fix it. So, yes. Exactly. So Google is no longer even using the desktop version of a dealership or any website to rank organically. They're only looking at the mobile experience. And so going back to the statement, you know, about dealerships thinking like, well, Lyman, the only way I could increase my sales is to do more SEO, to spend more money on marketing. In reality, no, it's the user experience. And, you know, if you think about it also, um, uh, Amazon, for example, or Carvana or Room, for example, Carvana last year sold 400,000 cars, and that was an increase of 76% year over year. CarMax sold over 700,000 cars. Shift Digi uh, uh, sorry, Shift Technologies, Shift.com, they're a publicly traded company, and on NASDAQ, they're registered as a Shift Technology. They're not even registered as a car dealership. They're registered as a technology company. More and more businesses are becoming like technology companies, and if you're going to become like a technology company, you have to think about what is your digital experience for consumers is like and that's what we really i obsess over it's the customer experience customer experience is a competitive advantage and people or there's actually a lot of research that shows people are willing to spend more money for improved experience for frictionless experience which is great news for dealers because you could increase your gross profit that way so 75 percent of people average that you see first-hand experience uh google analytics is mobile so yes. that means if you're not designing your websites for a mobile-friendly device with the small screen and slower internet speeds, would you say that you're leaving a lot of money on the table by not doing that? Yes, a lot. As an example, um, one of our dealerships, Indy Ottoman, the I'm not going to name who they used to use before us because I don't want to, you know, <laughs> say bad things about my competitors. I'm going to be a friendly competitor. But they were using a pretty well-known uh, website provider um, here in the United States. Uh, I think they're actually pretty well-known in uh, Canada as well. And uh, in the Ottoman, before they switched to us, they were generating, so that website provider sends them an email, you know, at the end of the month saying, here's how many leads you generated. So they switched to us um, almost two years ago now in uh, September, two years ago. And before, after they switched to us, they got an email from that website provider saying, your website generated the, you know, the month before in August about 280 something leads. 
And of course, that includes total leads. So some people, you know, could come back multiple times to your website. So that's total leads. The minute they switch to us, the following month, they generate over 900 leads. They're now wow. generating over an average of 1,000 leads per month. The only thing that changed was the user experience in the website. They didn't change the domain name. They didn't change their inventory. They didn't change where they do business, their location of the dealership. They didn't change their paid media strategy. The only thing they changed was the website experience. Wow, I'm just, I'm blown away to hear that number coming from 278 to 900 to 1,000 because that means that's going to be that much sales, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, and this is not a one-off story. Like I have so many of those case studies. Like for example, Hanson Brand, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're actually located in um, Texas, a very small part of Texas that only has like a population of 5,000 people. They sell now now 300 cars per month. In a population of 3,000 people. And how do they do it? And I actually, you know, we uh, work with them. We have a lot of partners. So one of them is um, Fred and Lou from uh, Car Coffee Guys. And they actually did some training with Hanson Brand. And they were telling me that when they were listening to the calls of people who were calling in, Hanson Brand is attracting consumers nationwide because one, they have a really great social media presence. They're actually number one viewed uh, auto group in the nation. Um, I forget how many millions of views they have in a small town of 3000 people. So they're attracting people nationwide, but Facebook, majority of Facebook audience is all mobile. Facebook is a publicly traded company. All their information is, you know, on the quarterly statements, earnings reports. And they've actually said 94% of Facebook ad revenue is mobile. So imagine if dealerships are doing, you know, mobile advertising or organic, you know, Facebook advertising and people are seeing your ads on Facebook they're, they're, you know, on Facebook, they have a great user experience. They click on your ads, go into your website. And if your website is not designed for mobile, what happens? They bounce. And so with Hanson Brand, now that since they switched to us, and the same thing, there were also with another, actually, there were, uh, there's a one um, website provider in the United States. They're number one, the largest website provider. I'm not going to name names, but I, I'm sure you could figure out who that is. And so they switched from that website provider. They switched to us, uh, 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 December 30th, uh, not this December, but the past December, uh, 2021. And the month before that group website was generating like 140 leads or something like that. Since they switched to us, it's now generating 600 leads. Some months will be generating like 800 leads. So how are they able to do it? They didn't change the location. They're still in a small town of Texas. They didn't change their paid media. They actually don't do any paid media. They only do Facebook, social, you know, social media, organic. And now all of a sudden their lead volume like quadrupled. The only thing they changed was the user experience. So it's an obvious fact because I'm a very data-driven person. So mm -hmm. I, I never I never make decisions or I come to conclusions based on my feelings. I always look at data. So and it's not just data. you telling me, but I've been hearing from other people and reading and doing research and even Google itself start indexing websites using that, you know, the mobile box, right? Not the regular one, but the mobile exactly. based. So obviously that means that because of that, we need to focus on mobile friendly uh, storefront. I call websites the digital storefronts because you got, a, you got a dealership, the physical building that people walk in. And then you have the digital uh, building, which is your website. So yep. if your digital is good enough, you can attract people to your physical location, right? In a nutshell. Yep, exactly. And actually, so, I have I have a slide that I um I don't know if I'm is it possible to share my screen so I could show you something very fascinating. 
yeah, there is a section right next to your disable camera says share screen. If you click uh, on that, it's going to allow you to pick the screen you want to share. Okay, so let me show you something. Sure. Okay, is it sharing? I think it's sharing. Yeah, it's just, okay, now I can put it on here. So I'll just do it like this. Okay, perfect. Is it good? Um, I think so. I could only see my PowerPoint, so I don't know what you're seeing, but hopefully you're seeing my screen. Yeah, so I see you... then versus now, so. Yes. So in 2014, studies show from Cox and McKinsey that a uh, number of dealerships consumers used to visit before buying a car used to be five. In 2017, 2.7. In 2019, 2.3. Guess how many uh, dealerships consumers are visiting now in 2020 before buying a car? 1.6. I'm estimating 1.8, 1.4. Uh, the estimate is based on the tra trajectory and the trends from past years. I'm estimating it's 1.8, 1.4 this year. So like what you said is if a dealership website is their, sh is their storefront, more consumers visit dealership website every month than they actually visit their physical showroom. But what's fascinating to me, imagine, John, if you were working at a dealership, you, imagine you're a GM and you have salespeople who are, you know, consumers are walking in. And those salespeople can't close them, can't sell them a car. Would you fire those salespeople? No, I fired the sales manager. <laughs> okay, that's you. <laughs> but I'm joking. Yeah, but you're right. You you want them to close. I'm joking. Exactly. But why do dealerships are not paying attention to their website conversion rates? So their website is their salesperson. It's their most important salesperson. And yet, you know, dealerships are putting up with websites that are not converting and they're just blaming on marketing agencies who are, you know, marketing agencies not doing their job of driving the traffic. I managed paid media for many years, millions of dollars budget, you know, upper funnel, lower funnel, TV ads, out of home campaigns, Google ads, Facebook ads, you name it. I've done it all of it. They only, it doesn't matter how great the job agency does with targeting how great your ads look. If people are clicking your ads and landing on the website on a landing page that's broken or doesn't communicate what they clicked on, nothing else really matters. So I like to talk, uh, touch on a couple of things. You're absolutely right. But the problem is that in the decision makers in dealerships are generally tend to be, uh, their age is normally not like in their 30s, in their 40s and 50s. So yeah. most of those people are not familiar with things like Google Analytics or similar tools to monitor their website traffic, understanding bounce, uh, how much time they spend on their website. So they always been relying on other people to explain to them, right? So if the people are not explained to them properly, right? Because a lot of the ad agencies, there's one metric they always uh, pay attention to is how much they spend per click. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's a very accurate number to just focus no. on it. I think bounce rates and how much time they spend when they come to that website is a lot more me important metric. That's my opinion. I don't know what you think on it. That's actually my next question. Yeah. What metrics, KPIs basically, are important to gauge your website's uh, success, you would say, like bounce and stuff like that? Nothing else matters except sales. How many sales and what was your cost to acquire that customer and what was your return on ad spend, ROS? That's the only thing. That's how all the other companies outside of automotive measure their success. Do you think Microsoft cares about their bounce rate? Who cares? You know, bounce rate for, let's say, Facebook ads might be lower than organic search, but it doesn't mean the Facebook visitor was bad. It's all about how much did you spend to generate that visitor? How many of them converted? So what was the cost per lead? 
how many of them became a sale? What was the cost per acquisition? Similar to like what I was telling you about Microsoft, where the cost per acquisition goal was 60 and we achieved 47. And then ultimately, what was the gross profit? Because some channels might be able to generate for you, for example, sales that are lower cost per acquisition, but there might be less profitable. Maybe the average gross profit from those channels is going to be lower than the more expensive ones. So at the end of the day, it depends, of course, on the business. In the technology world, we often pay attention to more uh, market share. So we care more about, you know, how many sales and what was the cost per acquisition. At a dealership, it's more about gross profit. So which uh, uh, which marketing channel generated the highest uh, return on ad spend? You know, you've invested X and you generated Y in gross. But ultimately, all, all it comes down to is sales. The problem in automotive that I see what's happening, you know, I've only been in automotive for three years. The problem that I'm seeing is that agencies, their hands are tied behind their back because there's only so many website providers. There's not a lot of website providers to choose from. There's only like maybe five major ones and they're all bad. <laughs> and so imagine if you're an agency, what are you going to do? Go tell, you know, number one, the website provider to change their platform. Like they're not going to listen to you. So then you're, the only thing you're forced to do is basically to provide reports to the dealership that's showing them here's your cost per click because that's the only thing that the agency can actually optimize and they have no control of the website experience versus like, that's actually what makes our company you know, so successful is we actually partner with marketing agencies and uh, we have a really sophisticated partner channel program where my goal for agencies is to make them more successful because my background is paid media and marketing. I understand the day in the life of a paid media ma manager. And so we we want to make sure like when I talk to agencies, I'm like, imagine now you could actually go to your client and tell them not what was the cost per click, but what was the actual conversion, how many sales and what was the gross profit? We will help you do that. Not only because our website converts at a higher rate, but also because the way we set up tracking. The other problem that I see all the time happens in the, in the automotive industry is that website providers and marketing agencies are setting up Google goal completions based on page views or average time spent on site or how many people visited VDP page. Who cares? How many sales did you get? And so when we launched dealerships, we actually set up their goal conversions to be based on lead form submissions. Like the only thing that we track is uh, was it a lead form submission? Like, did we collect their name, email, phone number? Um, and anything else is, of course, is a bonus. Some lead forms have more information. Uh, or was it a click to call and click to drive? Nothing else matters to me. Unless it's a legitimate lead, it's not a lead. And so ultimately, it's all about what was the ROI. And so to your point, John, you know, agencies' hands are tied behind their back because building uh, dealership websites are super complicated. It's not like, you know, building a, a lawyer's or a dentist's website. There's a lot of integrations. It's a software. And so agencies usually, uh, you know, don't build their own websites. They usually, you know, work with whoever the dealership signs up with. But, you know, if there's only five major providers and they're all mobile responsive and they don't track the right conversion rates, like, you know, what else can an agency do? Track cost per click. Yeah, I was talking more about like, you know, there's some agencies out there, part of that website provider. So those are the problems. Oh, that's another problem. <laughs> right? Like they, their ABC website provider, also their ABC agency, like same company, different name, but they're the same guys. And yeah. they only focus on cost per click. Oh yeah, we get you this many people. You spend $1,000, you get 1,000 clicks. It's $1 per click. Look how good of a job we did for you. But yeah. you're right. If it's a, just a traditional agency has no contact with the uh, website platform, of course, their hands are like, you know, tied in the back. You're right. But you said really good information here. So, I mean, uh, when you talk to the dealers, right, obviously, 
and dealer principals. Of course, those are the decision makers with the, along with mm-hmm. the general managers. Uh, so your company can provide not just how much you spend per click or all that stuff. You actually will provide in your reporting that, listen, you got 100 people came to your website. Uh, 50 of them went to use car. Uh, you got 30 leads out of this. And you sold this many cars because of that. You can drill it all the way down and provide in your reports. Even better. So that's another problem in automotive that I see is that poor dealers are have too many dashboards. You know, being again a paid media expert, you know, the most important thing is data. Nothing else matters. But the worst thing that could happen for decision makers is if you have multiple dashboards and none of the data matches and you can't make sense of it and you don't know which dashboard has the correct information. So instead of building our own dashboard, which we do have our own reports as well, my goal was how do I help dealerships have one single source of truth? And the only single source of truth is their CRM. It's not our another database. We have our own database, but I tell dealerships not to use it. I always tell dealerships, use your CRM. So what we do instead is actually our website has ability. Like, um, are you familiar, John, with Google UTM parameters? Uh, yes, you can add those codes in the, at the end. So if somebody comes through that code, you can track it where they exactly came from. Yes, exactly. but I, I, I'm not expert at it. Yeah. So, um, anybody could Google, um, if you go on Google and just Google, uh, Google UTM parameters or UTM builder, then, uh, uh, Google has this page that helps you build URLs that are trackable. So let's say, for example, if a dealership um, is doing Google, my business, or if they're doing like auto trader, car gurus, whatever it might be, or paid media ads. If they put in their URL to their website, UTM parameters that says source, um, let's say car gurus, um, channel, you know, referral, whatever it is. When a consumer comes to a dealership website and becomes a lead, not only do we pass to the dealership CRM saying, hey, this lead came from your website. And let's say, for example, was a schedule a test drive? Or was it a credit app? Or was it, you know, whatever the, the lead form was. But we also are actually able to pass UTM parameters to the dealership CRM. Because dealership CRM is where the dealership is actually keeping track of how many leads became a sale. They're not going to keep track of that in our system. Like there's, they're all, their sales people are only going to use one CRM. And, it, and because also their CRM keeps track of sales, it also keeps track of what was the gross profit. So then you could actually drill down using their CRM data, how much did they spend per channel, how many leads they generated, how many of them converted to a sale, what was the average gross profit, and then calculate the return on ad spend using their CRM data instead of just giving them another dashboard. So that means your platform uh talks to multiple different crms because there is like hundreds of them out there yeah so which major ones do you guys uh integrate with um i don't know john if in canada they do this but in the united states all the crms uh, in automotive they all use the same process xml adf so we integrate with any crm and because it's all the same process um the major ones that uh, most dealerships use uh, depends you know how big or small the dealership is either uh, Vin Solutions, uh, Dealer Center. Um, what are the other ones? I haven't seen a lot of people use Dealer Socket lately, but we integrate with any of them. It's all the same process. Okay, so basically, what you do that is you send that e lead into that CRM system. They accept that your e lead, then they can match the customer data once it becomes a sale. You desk a deal yes. and all that stuff. Yeah, it's all that's, automated. That's that's really nice. Uh, so here's the question: You brought up Canada here. Uh, are you guys are in Canada yet? Any Canadian dealerships yet at all? Or have you tried anything here? 
We haven't tried. Um, my sales team is very small. So, I, I mean, the United States is so big that I haven't had opportunity to expand into Canada. But if, uh, you know, as long as it's an English speaking part of the Canada, we could work with Canada. I mean, of course, we'd have to localize some stuff like instead of zip code to use a postal code and things like that, which I'm very familiar. Again, going back to, you know, working at Microsoft and at Zillow, I had to, you know, it's uh, they work with Canada and other countries. So I'm used to the whole localization process. I just haven't done it because we we just haven't had the, the resources to expand to Canada in terms of sales. But if dealerships from Canada were to come to us and say, hey, we want to sign up and work with you guys, that wouldn't be a problem. We could customize our software, our platform to meet Canada. So in terms of, I think the only thing that uh, for Canadian dealers that you need to really uh, make sure is the syndication process of to the marketplaces from the website in and out, the car pictures, the descriptions, the V auto price changes. All right. Do you have any integration with those companies that I said? Like, do you have integration with V Auto in terms of when you change your price on V Auto, would that affect the website price? Do you deal with like HomeNet, you know, that kind of stuff? Do you guys do that? So we integrate with HomeNet. And as you know, HomeNet integrates like 99.9% .9 of the inventory providers in the automotive space. Um, so we use HomeNet as our single syndication hub. So instead of doing integration with, you know, V Auto and each of them individually, because then you have to normalize the data and there's a lot of complications. So instead, we just, you know, pay licensing fee to HomeNet. And they're amazing. I love working with HomeNet. Their customer service is incredible. Um, and so, yes, we could work with any of those uh, inventory providers. We don't syndicate it to the marketplace because we're not an inventory provider. That's what inventory provider is supposed to do. But we do. We could pull the inventory from any IMS the dealership wants to use using HomeNet. That's good to know because that will be the first question a Canadian dealer is going to ask is, if I go with your website, yeah. uh, my cars are on autotrader.ca, uh, can you pull those cars into my website so I don't have to do it manually? So well, it's AutoTrade is yes, a marketplace. AutoTrade is not an IMS, right? No, but in, in, in Canada, sometimes th th there's ways, ways of we do things depending on the dealership setup. So some dealerships have DMS systems that where they put the pictures and the car information. Yeah. And that data goes to AutoTrader and marketplaces and the yeah, website. Exactly. Yeah. So that, or we have website providers that have their own inventory management tool that where you can upload everything there and they can syndicate it for you free of charge. Or their dealers use DMS systems, which doesn't integrate with AutoTrader. So you have to use HomeNet in between to get yep. your V Auto and everything work properly. So there's various ways they do it because yeah, of the we could integrate, Yeah, we could integrate with any DMS, any IMS, but we would not be syndicating it to marketplaces because that's, that's what the IMS and DMS supposed to do. Um, okay, that, that's good to know. Some 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 website providers are like that. You can't upload cars there. You just upload it through these uh, either DMS or HomeNet, and it goes yeah. from there. So, yeah, the okay, only that's... providers I know that would do syndicate it would be like let's say for example Dealer Socket. Um, I forgot their website platform, but Dealer Socket has you know CRM and IMS and the website. Then of course they say yes, we syndicate, but it's not their website that's syndicating. It's their inventory system the dealerships are paying for that's syndicating. Okay. No, it's, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you can get the data from the DMS system, then DMS can syndicate it to these places too. I'm just like trying to ask these questions for uh, maybe a prospective dealer principal or general manager may ask these questions. So I, I want to make sure that's the first question we always ask when it comes down to the websites, besides yes. the price, <laughs> like do you syndicate, do you accept this and all that questions? Uh, 
in terms of uh in terms of getting more information from you about this like let's say somebody watched this and they want to learn more about it and they want to get a demo what's the easiest and fastest way to get the information um one is of course our website so if you go three two one ignition.com uh all of our information about the plans the pricing the feature it's all on our website that's one of the things that i obsess over is transparency I want to have 110% transparency with all of our customers. There's no nickeling, diming, or gotchas or anything like that. So all information, of course, is on our website. But then also they could either contact me or my sales. We have our salesperson's phone number. Uh, my, my number one salesperson is Dana Croft. She's all over social media. She travels with me all the time, so you could probably find her on social media. You could also look me up. I'm the only lineman savvy in, in the world, probably. So it's very easy to find me. Um, so, yeah, just... Uh, Social media or our website. That's uh, that's that's really good information. I, I I agree with you that when uh, in a world that everybody is uh, using mobile devices to gather the data that they need, and we're still building websites based on uh, the desktops. And you know, one thing upsets me the most is let's say I go to a website and trying to gather the information I need. Uh -huh. There's live chat pop-ups that they are huge. Then it makes mm -hmm. prevents me to shut it off. I just leave that website right away. Like that's my biggest pet peeve. I go into a website trying to get the information I need. And every time I switch to the website to the different, let's say I'm looking five different cars. Mm -hmm. Every single time I go to car to car, the live chat keeps popping up. And I cannot close it because it takes so much place on the website. Again, it's not mobile first website. It's a mobile adaptive. So yep. it takes so much space on the screen. So I can't find the X to shut it off. That's my biggest pet peeve. And I, lay, I leave that website right away, whether it's a yes. car dealership or anything. Yeah, so. that's a perfect example of a company. The website provider is not mobile first because mobile first is not just how you build the site or how you design the site. It's a culture. Our company culture is mobile first. So whenever, you know, dealerships send us a third party script, before my team installs a script, we always say, well, what does the script do? What is it going to look like on mobile? We always test on mobile. My team cannot publish anything without first testing it on mobile. That's part of our culture of being a mobile-first company. And so any dealership website who has that kind of issue, one, they're using a lecture provider who's not mobile-first. Two, they're using a website provider who's not mobile-first and doesn't have the culture of testing things on mobile. And, of course, dealers themselves are not even paying attention to the mobile. They're just like, yeah, slap it on and they're, they're sitting at their dealership looking at their website on the computer, on a desktop computer. They're not actually visiting their own website on the mobile device. Yeah, that's the problem. Most dealer employees or managers or people in charge of that dealership never uses their mobile device to visit their website to see what kind of experience their customers are going through. That's the yes. problem, right? And let's okay, well, compare it to other e-commerce stores, like compare it to CarMax, compare it to Carvana, Room, Shift, Amazon, Best Buy, Macy's, Nordstrom's. I don't know the brands you guys have in Canada, but like, you know, nobody compares the car shopping experience to what they're used to normally. They just like a lot of times when I show them side by side, people are like, oh, I see it now. I'm like, how come you didn't notice it before? It's almost like for some reason, uh, you know, we're so used to have a poor experience at a dealership website that we're not even realizing it. They're like, what is the other e-commerce stores experience like? Yeah, because when you're shopping for a website as a dealership manager, how do they do the presentation to you? They bring their laptop, hook yeah. it up to a projector or a screen, and you're using the desktop version of it, and it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. But you're saying 75% of people are using their mobile devices to go to your website. 
So yeah. I think the demos should be on the on the cell phones and the tablets so that exactly. people can actually see the real deal, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, actually, there was one um, dealer posted once on LinkedIn saying, another vendor who contacts me and does a demo on a desktop, I'm like, I'm never going to do business with you. Why are people even doing demos on a desktop? We, we never do demos on a desktop. We only have one screen to show one example of a page on the desktop just to show I'm like, yes, of course, it looks great on desktop. Everything else is on a mobile device. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's very useful for dealerships to look into becoming mobile first. Whether with you or not, they should really look into the mobile first idea. Yeah. And you're being the first uh, you know, a company into this, uh, really embracing it. Uh, before I wrap it up, anything you want to add? Any message to the people in the car business? I would say my only message, so there is a company called Forrester Research, number one, the most powerful, you know, global market research company in the world. And uh, they did a market research and they surveyed um, CEOs across multiple industries uh, around the world. And 76% of CEOs said they believe their business model is going to be unrecognizable in the next five years. What's shocking to me is when usually when I ask a dealership, like, hey, what do you think your business is going to be like in the next five years? They're like, no, I don't know. I don't think much is going to change. So my advice would be to really think about how much has changed even during the pandemic. Um, what's his name? Uh, Satya, the Microsoft CEO, he said during the pandemic, they've experienced digital transformation that normally would have taken like seven years in two years. And the pandemic accelerated everything. So anybody who still thinks that their business model is not going to be unrecognizable in the next five years is it's like a giraffe sticking your head in the sand and thinking everything's going to be the same. It's, um, you know, we really need to reevaluate how consumers shopping behaviors are changing and their expectations are changing and the pressure that room carvana carmat shift digital or tesla is putting on dealerships and we can't deny that the, your mobile experience or digital experience is the most important thing it's more important than your showroom so i guess that would be my only advice or last piece of thought well it's uh it's an amazing suggestion and, uh, and talk right it's it's reality is the reality. I mean, you can't change the reality. You're absolutely right. This pandemic basically accelerated everything, and you need to keep up with the times. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna get in trouble. And it's it's not that uh, hard to get in trouble these days if you're behind the times. Yeah. Well, again, absolute pleasure. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again sometime because I like to be able to see uh, maybe next year, uh, see how the things are going with you. But uh, for our audience, if you missed the whole conversation, uh, you can watch this recorded live on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And if you like to tune in this uh, in your car, uh, you can go to your favorite uh, podcast place and we're there. You can listen to us. And uh, again, Lyman, thank you very much. Uh, and all the best with your company and your success. And hopefully uh, one day uh, you come to Canada for, uh, for with your website so we could start seeing your product in Canadian dealers. That'll be awesome. Thank you, Jen, so much for having me. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.